If you put your effort and concentration into playing to your potential to be the best that you can be, I don't care what the scoreboard says, at the end of the game, in my book, we're going to be winners. The talent for so many players today, the talent in the spotlight, it's taking them to heights that their character's not strong enough to support. I'm one of those set goals achievements. I talked about faith, passion, obviously the drive the guys that I've been around and the guys that surround me every single day. If I want to be one of the best, I've got to play with and against the best. Okay, so that which gets praised gets repeated. You're listening to The Hardwood Hustle, brought to you by PGC Basketball. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to The Hardwood Hustle. I'm your host, Adam Bradley, alongside TJ Rosine. Today, we've got a great episode for you as we jump into a shoot-around. But before we do, let's tip this thing off with a need-to-know from our friends over at Shot Tracker. Adam, you can't improve what you don't measure. When we were up at the Kansas City facility in Shot Tracker, and I was reminded by that quote, went back to my own practices and thought, gosh, what are we measuring and what are we not measuring? Coaches, make sure you're measuring stuff that you want to improve on. If you want to do it to the best of your ability and the best out there, check out our friends at Shot Tracker. Absolutely. Today, TJ, we're jumping into two halves of this NBA shoot-around, and we are on the heels of the NBA draft, so it's only appropriate we talk about the NBA draft. The first half, we're going to share what is the storyline of the draft night that is most intriguing to you, and I'll share mine as well. And then in the second half, TJ, I'm very curious, who is the player you are most intrigued to watch that came through this year's draft? But let's start with the storyline. For me, TJ, it's... Wait, when is the draft? Oh, it already happened. Oh, it happened. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm with you. I, I, okay. These things can be overrated sometimes. The, the draft. I know people love them, and this is pretty interesting from from a hometown perspective this year too. So I'm, I'm excited to talk about it. If you couldn't see obviously because it's an audio podcast, but I gave TJ a look as if like you're kidding me, right? <laughs> I was going to say you had to pay attention because your Hawks were almost front and center. But speaking of the Hawks, TJ, from a storyline perspective. The storyline that most intrigues me is the trade early in the draft. All right, with Atlanta Hawks selecting, I'll probably botch his name, Luka Doncic, drafting him, trading him to Dallas in exchange for Trey Young and a protected 19 first round pick. But here, here's what intrigues me about that storyline I am always fascinated when a player, especially in the early top 10 of the pick, especially top five, when there's a trade and it's two players almost being swapped. Now, granted, there's another draft pick involved here, but it's it's fascinating because you can't help but to connect those two players forever, mm-hmm. right? And I think about this past year with Markel Fultz and Jason Tatum and the Sixers trade with the Celtics and how those two players all year, Sixers fans were thinking, oh my gosh, we had Tatum. You know, we had Tatum, we gave him up, and now we've got Fultz, and look, Fultz was injured and couldn't shoot right and all these different things, and it ties them at the hip. For me... Luka Doncic was such an interesting story coming from overseas and being this young, super talented, uniquely gifted from a a physical perspective, winning all these MVPs at such a young age. I was pretty surprised to see that Atlanta um, gave it up. I I was. I I was interested to, to think that Dallas got them knowing they went into the draft at pick five is pretty fascinating and so I'm curious as the time goes on to see Trey Young and Luka Doncic how those two players play out and and how they match up and I get it it's not fair and I know Trey Young said the same thing he said I don't feel like I'm playing against Doncic or my career is going to be measured and I get it it shouldn't be that way but it is because 
essentially, every time you pick a player, you're picking that player over the other player. Right. You know, it, it just feels different, though, when there's a clean swap. That's the storyline for me, TJ, that, that I'm, I'm most interested to watch play out over the next couple years from this year's draft. Do you have any other uh, – what are some other ones connected with time? I'm trying to think of it. There's been some really good ones. I mean, you think back to, like, Kobe – yeah. Right, like Kobe was traded from Charlotte to L.A. that day. I forget who it was. Yeah. Um, I was just actually reading the other day. Ray Allen was traded on draft day um, to Milwaukee. I forget who who he was traded for, but I'm just always fascinated with those swap, those draft day swaps. Yeah, you know, this is really interesting because I, I kind of like the Hawks pick when they took. Don't you, that kid, I thought, wow, this is something you don't know what you're going to get. Has potential to be a huge bust, could be a huge win for us. It's an interesting trade. How protected is the pick? Do you know how protected? I don't, I don't know the protection. No. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm sure they looked over it. And, and uh, traditionally, the Hawks, we suck at this. So, that's, <laughs> so that, that, they, they don't get the benefit of the doubt. So, yeah, so whatever they did, I kind of had a uh, uh-oh from the beginning. So, it's likely what's going to happen. Is this kid's going to be uh, a 15-year um, NBA All-Star? But here's my thing with Trey Young. This is my perspective on this thing, and and I might be a little bit different in the way that I think about this thing. But I don't think stars are just stars all the way through. So I'll give you another example, like NFL quarterbacks. I think there's some guys that get born into or drafted into a great offensive line a great running game. They become and they were really good quarterbacks, but they become even better quarterbacks because of the situation. And so now this might be a little bit controversial because I love Steph Curry and I think he's an amazing player. But there's also a chance Steph Curry could have gone to a team that didn't run a very uh, uh loose offense where he had tons of opportunities where they weren't focused on him, they weren't young, and when you're young you're trying to find your way and him and what it, so so I think a lot of Trey Young's career, to be honest with you, is going to play out based on opportunity and the kind of offense we run in Atlanta and the players that are put around him. Um, if you get into a half court, grind it out, you know whatever kind of offense, I think he just becomes a shooter and an average NBA player. Hmm. And if you if you if you do something different and you try and play like Golden State and you put a couple other guys out there that they're going to let it ride, they're going to he has an opportunity to be much more special than that. So. I think sometimes this stuff can be overhyped. Uh, the situation, if I'm a player going into the to the league, man, I, what I'm looking for more than anything is the right situation, uh, you know, for me and the right opportunity for me. And that's yet to be determined because coaching staff and styles and all that haven't been determined yet. So, was there a storyline that came out of draft day that intrigued you the most? Well, I think you know after that one, I, I thought it was, um, I thought it was pretty interesting. Uh, Two two things that those guys were signing with Puma because I hadn't heard anything about Puma basketball for a while. <laughs> right, right, right. So I thought that was pretty interesting. And uh, <laughs> I, I think the other really interesting pick to me was Colin Sexton to the Cavaliers. Mm. Um, and then you know he, he you know he's tweeting at LeBron, let's let's do this thing. And the, and the reason it was so, and it probably would have been interesting to me in anywhere because I don't know what to make Colin. He's a Georgia kid. I saw him play a bunch in high school. Right. You know, nasty competitor. Um, he's got some something. LeBron likes him. Yeah, LeBron likes him. Like he, it's interesting to see. Like I think he can bring a certain level of spunk and enthusiasm to the Cavaliers. So I was interested to see where he went. I really hadn't thought through it, but then I saw the Cavaliers pick him. I thought, 
man, if LeBron stays, they took the best available guy in the draft for the Cavaliers. Even if they had the first pick, I still think he would have been the best fit for the Cleveland mm-hmm. Cavaliers. So I thought it was pretty interesting to me, that draft pick. Well, Kyrie Irving 2.0 is what some people have said, especially in light of him choosing the number two jersey, all right, in light of Kyrie's absence there. So it'll be interesting to watch that. Before we jump into the second half, let's say a quick uh, halftime talk with our friends over at Team Snap. Thanks to our friends over at Team Snap for today's communication tip of the episode. This week is a reminder for coaches that our players are imitators of us. They imitate what we do, they imitate what we say, our actions, and our behavior. So it's even more important, more than ever in this role of being a leader, that we are aware of how we are handling and conducting ourselves. So this week, evaluate yourself. How is your spirit? How is your body language? How is your eye contact? How is your posture? How is your foul language? All components because your players are watching and they will imitate us because we are in the leadership position. Thanks to our friends over at Team Snap. Make sure you check out teamsnap.com backslash hustle. And listen, if you coach youth sports or if you have kids who play youth sports, then you need Team Snap. Uh, It's the number one app for keeping your whole season organized from everything from where's the game to what do I bring to who needs a ride. Team Snap is every coach's and parent's dream. Make sure you get Team Snap to get organized. It's teamsnap.com backslash hustle. All right, TJ, as we continue on with the NBA draft, the first half we talked about the storylines that intrigued you. You mentioned the Colin Sexton and Cleveland and how all that shakes out. I mentioned the Luka Doncic, Trey Young trade, and, and my fascinated fascination with swaps, especially early in the draft. TJ, who is the player, the specific player, and maybe it's Sexton, but who is the specific player you are most excited and interested to watch play this upcoming year? Well... This is a loaded question. I think there's a lot of players that I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see what Colin Sexton does with the Cavaliers, number one. I'm excited to see what this this uh, Luke Doncic does. I'm excited to see what kind of player he turns in. I'm obviously excited to see what Trey Young does. One of the more intriguing stories to me, though, was the number of bigs that went early and the type of bigs they are and the way the game has been evolving and changing. And so I think probably the most intriguing storyline to me is um, how will the NBA continue to evolve and where will bigs end up being important, not important. Uh, It's almost like the evolution of the NFL draft with running backs. You know, running backs started to be like number one picks, number two picks, and then all of a sudden – Gosh, these guys get hurt. They're expandable. They have a lifespan on them. And occasionally you see a guy go in the top 10 running back, but usually not. You're seeing an offensive lineman or something like that. And so I'm I really interested to see over the years because I think this draft will determine um, where bigs go for many a drafts to come. Mm. I think the, the bigs storyline is interesting because – I can't tell you. I, I feel like Joel Embiid had such an influence on this year's draft. I, I do too. Yeah, you know, like what he did and the presence that he had with the Sixers. I think, obviously, a lot of people were comparing Aiton to to Embiid, but not just Aiton. You know, you look around, you got you know Muhammad Bamba, and you've got Wendell Carter, and you, like you said, a, a, a handful, slew of bigs. Yeah, a slew of bigs early in the first seven or eight. There's three out of those those eights. And and I think Embiid has a huge influence on this. This may surprise you, but though. let me let me oh, go before ahead. you go on. Let me go back to what I was saying before. I think Joel Embiid's good, and I'm probably going to take some heat for this one, right? But I, I also think he's another guy that's in a good situation with a team that's on the rise, and it's not just him. 
you know? So I think you throw him on the Hawks and you leave him out there by himself. I'd be really interested to see what was happening with his hmm. career right now. But you throw in that Ben Simmons and, you know, all the other guys around him they were growing up in a veteran J.J. Redick on the wing. and you did, Like, he's a good player. I'm not, I'm not knocking him, right? But I think that that might have raised some of the stock of some of these bigs in this hmm. draft, that there are actually going to be some pretty significant bust with the bigs. That's interesting. And that's a great point, right? Because – does Embiid, can you just throw it down to him, possession after possession after possession, have him carry the team? Or did he reap the benefits, as you said, of huge mismatch on the perimeter with Simmons and these spacing of a, of a Redick and other shooters that they had? It'll be interesting to bring up. TJ, the player I'm most interested to watch. This may surprise you a little bit. Grayson Allen. Hmm. And here's why. He got picked 21 with Utah Jazz. I've been studying the Utah Jazz a little bit over the last couple weeks, uh, specifically because I I started listening to a couple podcasts that Donovan Mitchell was on, who, by the way, on a side note, I absolutely love Donovan Mitchell's mindset. He is incredible. He is 21 going on 35 from a mental perspective and a maturity perspective. He's phenomenal. But here's why I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued because there's something going on in Utah, and it's not just from Donovan Mitchell and what he did that – I'm really intrigued with – I am fascinated with programs and coaches that constantly, year after year, get more out of what they have. And I feel like Quinn Snyder in, in Utah does that. That there's something going on where these players go into the Utah system, TJ, and, and they thrive, and the team overachieves constantly. And Donovan Mitchell on, numerous, on the numerous podcasts just kept reiterating Quinn Snyder's – you know. Should you know he's he, he's right up there and should begin the the praise as high as a Brad Stevens, hmm. right? That that's what he's saying from a developmental standpoint, and I'm just interested to see what Grayson Allen could become in that Utah system, and with Quinn Snyder, and there's obviously the Duke connection there. It's just going to be interesting to watch. Yeah, I I think it's uh, on Grayson Allen's end. It's a really good situation for him. I think. That's the type of system he needs to be successful. Uh, I think a program or an NBA team like the Jazz is a really, really good um, setup for him and where he needed to go. I I was also really intrigued, which, you know, Villanova, I don't know if you've read the article, but when they talk about the change of, you know, when they started signing these five stars and the program started to drop Mm -hmm. off and start, well, you know, when you look at the the players, you know, um, Bridges went number 10. I think you scroll down a little while, a little ways, and um, I think the Hawks we picked a. Oh, oh then you got the uh, Dante. Yeah, the Vin. How you say? Vincino, like yeah. I am bad the, on the names. kid that went off in the yep. Final Four there. So he goes at seventeen. Then you go down a little bit more, and um, I think the Hawks picked up a, a red shirt freshman from uh, Villanova. But anyway, then there's another one, you know, slightly after that. So I think there's. You know, of the first round and then the first three picks of the second round, four Jalen Brunson goes third and second round, four mm-hmm. Villanova players getting drafted in that top 33 or 34 players, um, even though they didn't have that same level of hype coming out of, of high school. So those are, I always root for those guys because they're player development type draft picks, you know. Mm-hmm. But I'm intrigued uh, to see um, almost the same way you are, Grayson Allen, is to see the kid that went off uh, from Villanova that went 17. Because, you know, Jalen Brunson and some other guys for Villanova carried that team, and that guy had a big, um, you know, couple games down the stretch. Who was the guy a few years ago that finished really well um, for Wisconsin? Remember? 
And he, I think he got drafted at Houston. Um, Sam Decker. Yeah. Same kind of feel to him yeah. as this guy. So I'm anxious to see what he does. But uh, I'd like to see what those Villanova players do in the league. Hey, listen, we will be connected. The Hawks and, and my love affair with Kevin Herter. All right, you all drafted at 19, the Maryland sophomore, the shooting guard. The red hair doesn't fit the bill of what you look at from an athlete perspective. Doesn't look crazy athletic. He's got that bright red hair, but the dude can play, TJ. Great, yeah. great kid. Can shoot lights out. Was basketball player of the year in the state of New York uh, two years ago. Has been a was our leader over these last two years in Maryland. Kevin Herter. Remember well, that name. Well, let me tell you, I don't know a lot about Kevin Herter, to be honest. I don't think I watch a ton of Maryland basketball this year. But let me tell you what kind of excites me a little bit about it is that I think that uh, we might have got t- uh, two of the better shooters in the you whole did. draft. You did. And so, to me, that says a little bit about – so when I talked earlier about Trey Young and, and how he would trend, he's going to need the right style to be able to trend that way. To me, the style of basketball Atlanta's about to play – um, could be could be given a hint right here by their draft picks. They're choosing these shooters. So that kind of excites me about the style of play we may be trying to create. If you're going to invest that much in two first top, you know, first rounders, two uh, top 20 picks, then uh, it, it looks like you're trying to, to create that type, type of thing. And, and if you're trying to, they're trying to get their version of Steph and Clay right here. You know, not saying <laughs> they're good, but that's that looks like what they tried to draft here. Absolutely. Well, listen. Little NBA draft preview on today's NBA shoot around. We appreciate you listening. I am Adam. He's TJ. Together, we are the Hardwood Hustle. Till next time, we're out.